Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment, but running the boards is Joey D's. Yeah. It's Wednesday, so we are definitely going to be talking about what if, because wow, it's a doozy. Also, right before that, we're going to talk about how Topher Grace responded to the Venom rumors (laughs) on whether or not he's going to be joining the MCU or not. Very exciting on all of that. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah, so many different ways. And if you don't know how to spell Odyssey, it's a different spelling than normally. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you had our old radio.com app, uh, well, now it has just changed to that. But if you haven't experienced that and you're getting us on a different podcatcher, you can find that and all sorts of different things on that Odyssey app. Now, getting into comic book day, uh, especially with the comic book movies, no actor has really had a chance uh, who has who has been involved in the Spider-Man movies has uh, uh, on any level has been able to escape uh, the question of whether or not they're going to appear in Spider-Man No Way Home. With the multiverse just basically being cracked open in this last year, it kind of makes sense because it's going to be really seeing what's going to happen when it goes down with that. And it will feature appearances by at least Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus and Jamie Foxx's Electro. There's so many other rumors just swirling around and everyone's had to say, oh, we don't know. Uh, We're not sure. We're not 100% sure. One person who didn't go with that route was Topher Grace which you may remember because he was Eddie Brock slash Venom in Spider-Man 3. Most people did not like that movie um, for good reason. Um, But you know what? He was still a Venom in a Spider-Man movie that is taking from that universe already for other villains. So, of course, he went on to Reddit to uh, do an AMA and ask me anything. And people would not stop asking about that. So he decided to respond in a pretty entertaining fashion. He told the Redditor Gracho, interesting name there, uh, says, uh, please keep it between us, but yes, I am in it. The plot starts with Peter Parker, Tom Holland, bummed that everyone knows his identity, and then some crazy S happens with Doctor Strange and Doctor Octopus, Alfred Molina, when coming into his dimension. Then Electro and the Green Goblin hop into one of those energy circles, and they're like, it's spider stomping time. (laughs) Then Tom Hardy and I pop out and battle each other, and I win, obviously. It's not even a fight, I just kick his ass immediately. Not to give too much away, but there are some actors from the original 70s Spider-Man show, Aquaman and Batman, Affleck, not Keaton. There's a crossover with that. And thanks to Disney, Han Solo's ghost from The Rise of Skywalker and that Eve robot from Wall-E. Again, please keep this between us. I feel that maybe he's not taking this as serious as some nerds are uh, taking it out there. Are you saying that Wally's not making an appearance in this movie? I'm just going to have to say that he is having a bit of fun saying that he will kick uh, Tom Hardy's ass. Immediately, as the other Venom, to prove that he is the superior Venom. Um, So, you know, I mean, he's taking it with that sort of, like, we're having fun with it. But, I mean, he says he's in it. Like, out of all the ridiculousness, people are going to latch on to just that little bit, no matter what he says afterwards. So, it can't be confirmed, though I know many people will already say that it is confirmed that he's going to be in it. We're just going to have to wait till December to find out for ourselves in Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Now, we did talk about the fact that the multiverse has exploded. Uh, and the, one of the biggest ways that they've shown this is Disney Plus's What If series, <laughs> which chronicles the watcher going from multiverse to multiverse and seeing how people screw up or sometimes just have a really fun time. Uh, the last episode we talked about was Thor, uh, Party Thor, and we talked about how, at least I mentioned how weird it was that it ended with a... Uh, an Ultron with the Infinity Stones embedded in there with Vision's head um, popping through a multiverse uh, portal with all of his Ultron robots. And we're like, this makes zero sense for this this episode. It's like you really just couldn't let us have a fun, you know, let us breathe, uh, you know, a palate cleanser, if you will, of all the sadness and darkness you had to give us this fun episode and then boom, kick in the nards. <laughs> yes, yes, a kick in the nards. But the thing was is that it was a precursor to this. I feel I, obviously it's going to be a two part season finale. Hoping. Be, it better be if they don't do something with it at this point. Oh my gosh. Uh, because right now, if you're listening, the third episode or the, the, the finale, the ninth episode of the series is out. And it better be a continuation of this episode because the episode is What If Ultron Wins? And they're not just talking about like Age of Ultron. This is like if Ultron goes through and the entire protocol of his programming, which eventually just meant for him to eradicate all life. Yeah, I think the, on one, Earth. the one change was, and I totally forgot this because Age of Ultron was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Um, they were trying to get this creation or this contraption to create Ultron, I mean Ultron, yeah. excuse me, a Vision, but uh, obviously the Avengers got to him and created Vision. Mm-hmm. But in this reality, Ultron got there first. Exactly. And then he incorporates the Vision body, uh, which was his plan all along. So he actually fulfills that, defeats the Avengers, and then sets off all the nukes. And he's boom, like, boom. sweet, I win. And then Thanos shows up. With uh, <laughs> five of the six gauntlets and gets uh, um, gems or gems, stones. yeah, the stones gets immediately wrecked by Ultron, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh look, now we have Infinity Ultron. And by the way, how mad were you when you saw how quickly he was? Destroyed? I laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I'm like, as soon as he did the little zoop and the the laser just cut Thanos in half. I was like, no, that that couldn't have worked. I was like. Perfect. That Jesus. is the perfect way. It's like, interesting. Zip. I was like, yeah, 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 I like this. Like, sure, maybe that wouldn't work out. But at the same point in time, if you just gack the biggest baddie immediately, it really reminded me of like Indiana Jones with the whole like whip sword fight. Oh, I'm just going to shoot you sort of thing. So it was very perfect. I really felt like that. And unfortunately, that really kind of unlocks. Uh, not only the the universe, but eventually the multiverse with Ultron. Uh, he massively succeeds in destroying the entire galaxy, like breaking it all down, and even at one point just sitting out there in the vast nothingness and having nothing going on. The problem is, is that Uatu the Watcher is narrating this, and we've seen this before in the Stephen Strange uh, ruins his own uh, universe uh, episode. That somebody with the the giant cosmic powers that someone like Stephen Strange, who's been eating dimensional beings in order to get that power, um, you can eventually gain enough power to see Uatu. Or hear him monologuing all the time, uh, which is exactly what happens with Ultron. And it is just, he's like, wait, 
there's something more out there. Oh, I, I must hear it. Yeah, I must kill that too, uh, or at least find out what it's about. And then he realizes that's how the multiverse is. So when we see Thor at the or at the end of the Thor episode, we see that Ultron coming through. It was a lead into this episode, which I feel through this episode has to lead into the season finale. Because if it doesn't, that would just be a load of BS. Which also means that this whole thing wasn't an anthology, like it, it incorporated each story as its own separate thing, but they're still again connected like all of the multiverses already connected. It's a total big brain moment that I really didn't expect. Yeah, and I think it leads to the bigger question too, which means, uh, uh, which is, uh, is Kang then more powerful than an Ultron with all the Infinity uh, Stones? Because when we see them outside of time, mm-hmm. the stones don't work. That's true. And that means that he who Remains must also have been more powerful, which means that in this next arc, because I was trying to think, it's like how the hell? Because I mean, at some point, this Mega Ultron is beating the holy crap out of Uatu, who is a celestial being. And I mean, they even showed it in uh, like the kind of the montage of him destroying the universe. Like he blew up Ego. Yeah. Like like there's a whole bunch of other celestial beings that he's completely utterly wrecked. But yeah, if they're outside of the timeline, I think that's the only saving grace for that. That's a good call. I totally didn't think about that. So yeah, my assumption is that Ultron will be defeated probably by a gang of multiverse superheroes, which would be awesome. They well, I mean, they kind of led up to that, and yeah. it would make sense if they had like kind of like a multiverse Avengers type yes. thing for this. So the one thing I'm I'm I have no real experience with the Watcher, at least with like a Modoc or whatever. Like I read a little bit of him in a comic, like he appeared in Watcher. Yeah. I don't know anything of. The only thing I'm basing him off of is what we've seen so far. And when I do watch uh, Star uh, Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok, his content, he talks about the Watcher, like what he's about in the yeah. comics. He's l- the guy that's not supposed to interfere, but then he's like, I'm going to interfere anyways. Exactly. I, I guess in my head, that's kind of what I thought his. Uh, how he was like eh, screw it i'm just gonna do it anyways i love that this was actually a moral dilemma and he really had to be pushed for it yeah like i thought it was gonna be that moment where he's like it's right there it's right there i thought he was gonna literally do something in that moment it was gonna be that easy to turn him basically against his oath uh it was that it had to be this bad for him to say you know what okay like this is a real actual threat to all of the multiverse and he's not as like I don't want to say grandiose, not magnetic. He's just like this majestic being talking and narrating and everything. And then all of a sudden he's like, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? Like he, <laughs> he kind of just seems like another dude who just happens to be this. This is his job. Yeah. Like it, he, he's just a weirdo. Yeah. And it was very funny, too, because even Ultron calls him out at some a point. Creep. It's like, you creep. Like you just sit there staring at people, being a voyeur and talking to yourself, which I have to assume he's got like some sort of voice activated. Like, I mean, probably like a computer that dictates everything on their form. Like maybe this is in the like the cosmic writing somewhere. He's not just or maybe he has his own podcast that he talks about with all these things. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of interesting to be like, yo, bro, you're creepy. And He's not wrong. Do we know who the Watchers made a pact with? Did they ever mention that? I thought they were just a team of Watchers. Yeah, there's a whole, like, in the comics, and I don't know how they're going to do it in the MCU, obviously, but uh, there's a whole team of Watchers, and he's just one of them that just observe as things are going on. It seems the reason that they might just be doing 
I don't know because we've seen a bunch of the Watchers in like one split scene in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie with uh, that was the Stan Lee cameo where he was talking to the Watchers and it kind of explained what was going on. So I don't know if they're going to have multiples of them or if they're just going to have this one be the the main one. So uh, so it's kind of interesting on that end. I went to the marvel.fandom.com site mm-hmm. uh, and so the Watchers, for those who don't know, have been around since 1963 in their first appearance being Fantastic Four number 13. So Ooh, another OG. Fantastic Four thing. Yeah, that makes OG. sense, too. And so this is like a quote from one of the comics. Uh, it's like, still already the burgeoning universe had brought forth life. And among the first, a race who quickly learned their vast power were best served by observation more than action. Uh, so they are known to be the oldest species in the universe. And they just committed to just observing and compiling knowledge on all aspects of the universe without interference. And mm. the, Cosmic security guards observe yeah, and report. The, their original name, it, because they're so old, has been forgotten. So they ana- uh, adopted the name, you know, af- you know, obviously the Watcher. Yeah. Uh, and the policy of the non-interference was due to a well-meaning attempt by the Watchers to bestow knowledge on another race which resulted in that race destroying itself. So despite this, the Watcher, uh, Uatu, Uatu, revealed himself to the superhero team, the Fantastic Four, and aided them on several occasions against global threats such as Molecule Man, Galactus, and the Overmind. And these, I mean, these are the the cosmic threats that Mm -hmm. uh, are the ones that are endangering everything. And that was the reason why he kind of got into that. And you see that in this episode, even like you were talking about. And he ends up being banished for aiding the Fantastic Four in the comics. Uh, So... Who knows if that's going to be a thing now? Yeah, and I feel like this might be. Um, I feel like this "what if" is Uatu's origin story. Like in the sure. weirdest, most random way, it really is. And it was really kind of cool to kind of realize that when uh, the Thor episode and then leading into this, and this, uh, it has to be a two-parter. Like if it's not, I'm gonna be seriously pissed. Like if they don't do something like that, because seeing, like even seeing this Ultron fighting the uh, uh, the uh, Watu was kind of cool because he armors up even, which is kind of hilarious. But like. Even at the end of this episode, when he goes and uh, meets up with uh, Stephen Strange, the one who is locked up in his own prison uh, for destroying his own multiverse, and they team up together, it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, this seems to be like one of those things where it's like, we're going to see him like maybe in a physical form, maybe in like a Doctor Strange in the, in the, uh, uh, the, the multiverse of madness as well. Like there's possibilities with this. Yeah, I was gonna say we don't have a cast a casting role for Jeffrey Wright, who's the voice actor mm-hmm. for Watu, right? He's not in right now Doctor Strange or anything they like that. They haven't announced or done anything along those lines, no. If they kept that secret and their plan is to have him be the actor who I don't actually know how plays they him, did it. I don't know how they did that it. That would be so cool though. It would be so amazing. And it was kind of fun too because we're talking about these gigantic multiverse cosmic sort of things that are going on. But the story is really grounded between uh Hawkeye and Black Widow's relationship because because they are the surviving members of the Avengers, and, and basic- the ones without powers. Yeah, exactly. But and, 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 and even- Hawkeye becomes Bucky. Oh, dude, he's got the coolest metal arm. When he got his arm ripped off, I was like, "Oh no!" And then I'm like, "Oh, that's a robot arm. That's kind of cool." <laughs> like, yeah, no, the way that they pulled that off was fantastic. And they decided to freaking. Mm, I'm Uh-oh. not gonna say a bad word. Oh, you almost did. I almost did. They basically stuck us twice. With that heartbreaking scene of letting go, sacrificing themselves for the other. Each one got to do it in their own I way. I know. Why? <laughs> we just want to keep breaking our hearts. And it was right after we found out that uh, Clint uh, Barton's middle name is Francis. 
France. Like, Why is everyone's name Francis? I don't know. It's a family name. Don't worry about it. Fun fact. <laughs> so, you know, Morena Bachran was in mm-hmm. Deadpool. Yeah. And in Deadpool 1, he goes up against Ajax or Francis. That's right. Um, so she's actually in real life, I think either married or at least with the uh, actor who played Commissioner Gordon. I'm blanking on his name. Ben something. Oh, 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 ben yeah, McKenzie yeah, yeah, yeah. From Gotham because they were both in Gotham. Mm-hmm. They had a child together. Guess what that child's name is? Francis. Francis! Oh. <laughs> and this was after Deadpool. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what's going to be happening with this. And I mean, just the simple fact that we don't know what's going on is very exciting. And just uh, like, I hope, I hope that that means that they're going to bring back for the last one. Like we've got, say they're going to do the multiversal Avengers because we don't know. They've ended a lot of the episodes on sort of cliffhangers like, Somebody is going to team up and kind of deal with uh, what they're dealing with, and they're going to figure it all out. Um, but I would love to see Captain Carter come back as a multiversal Avenger, <laughs> um, Star-Lord T'Challa as one as well. And then at that point, I'm trying to figure out, would they bring Party Thor? Like, would that be one just because he's in that last scene? And Frost Giant Loki? <laughs> Somebody pointed out it's like this uh this episode really points out that it was Odin's fault Loki had such a crappy life. Yeah. Cuz he was just like a party boy living his best life. Odin was not a great king for everyone that wasn't on Asgard. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So have you watched the latest uh Rick and Morty like no. the last season? No. Okay. There is one episode where I'm like this 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 voice is very familiar. Why why is this voice familiar? Because it was Jeffrey Wright. Oh, was uh, it? Uh, I decided to take a peek on IMDb to see if we see anything Marvel related in the future for him. Spoiler alert: No, no, there's not uh, as of yet. Uh, after the Watcher, we're going to see him again in Westworld, and he's mm-hmm. going to be James Gordon in the Batman. That's right. Uh, and one apparently he's already done this. It's like an audio adventure. He plays Batman in an audio adventure. He's That's everywhere. Cool. He's going to wow. be. Um, he's in the Sandman as well, which is, I think, the audio version. Oh, okay. So he is just all over with that. That's amazing. He's got a beautiful voice. And, uh, there was a, even there was, uh, like this one had a bunch of little Easter eggs in it too. Um, when we see, uh, during the battle, which was, which was fantastic between the Watcher and Ultron, they're literally smashing through multiverses. Mm -hmm. And one, they end up in New York on, in like Times Square as, uh, Steve Rogers was being sworn in as president. Okay. That's what I thought that was. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was an Easter egg because there was an somebody proposed one of the writers wanted to actually do that, um, but they didn't think they'd ever get into there was having Captain America be president. And I don't know necessarily why that they really wanted like like why they shot it down, but it was a little bit of an Easter egg for them to be able to do it as well. So they kind of like, oh yeah, in one multiverse. Uh, Captain America does become the president. So that's kind of actually kind of neat in that sort of term. Um, Just in other terms of like other Avengers, like maybe like Shuri, because she seemed to kind of like, I don't necessarily take the the mantle of uh, Black Panther over uh, Killmonger when he takes over and after he saves Tony Stark in the episode previous to the Thor one. I'm just trying to figure out what, obviously Stephen Strange, because he's already, he's gone to the one man who first Mm. was able to uh, talk with him beyond the veil of uh, Uatu hiding behind. So we've got a couple of people that he can get together for that sort of thing. I don't think we're going to see Captain Marvel because Ultron destroys Captain Marvel before... 
seeing Uatu. Yeah. And I mean, unless it's one from somewhere from else? a different one. Yeah. Like that's kind of like and we haven't seen that throughout these these episodes. I feel like each of these are building up to getting somebody from one of those dimensions to help and, out with that. I mean, and this might be overthinking it, but every time they crash into another like it looks like giant screens. Right. And mm-hmm. he breaks through them. It, are those just actual screens or is that the universe itself? I think it's the universe itself. So when they crash through and break them, does that destroy the universe or is it just like destroying a TV screen? Yeah. yeah, Like I I said, I'm overthinking it too much. And what does that mean for that universe? Like, does it just go completely black like in Doctor in the the Doctor Strange episode? Yeah. Um, And I kind of wanted to it's one of those I keep forgetting a meme, quote unquote, (laughs) uh, that I saw a while ago and I'm in love with. And you mentioned Shuri. This is why I like. I didn't notice this, and I want to see her fight so bad. Like, more. I want to see more of her. So do you guys remember in Black Panther where Umbaku calls her out d- yeah. uh, during the challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you notice, everyone around her, including her mother, they snap into action like to defend her, right? But if you look at her body language, you look at her face, she's looking Umbaku dead in the eye, and she's super open. She's relaxed. She's not intimidated at all. And if you actually look, like, the backs of the... the, the I'm, what are they called? Uh, the background characters no, or no, the, uh, yeah, the the extras? No, the actor or the uh, characters that are the female warriors. Oh yeah, yeah, the the Dola Major or whatever. Do, uh, or... Ma- I'm yeah, blanking yeah. on it. Dola Anyways, Dola. well, all yeah. all, of, all of those warriors behind her, yes, they're pointing their spears directly at Umbaku. Mm-hmm. But the ones in front of her, including her mother, are p- not doing that. They're literally using their bodies and or spears. To hold her back. Uh, the the Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're literally, they're effectively just holding her back. <laughs> because <laughs> this tiny little smart girl, like, oh, can you imagine what she could do? That'd be amazing. I feel like there's more to her than we know. And I oh, can't wait to see it. I'm trying to think. It was like also uh, Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man was in the Zombies episode. Mm-hmm. So maybe we get, might get Spider-Man oh. and Paul Rudd's head. That might Paul be fun. Head, yeah. Yes. Like, oh I think God. that might be sort that of fun. Whole in the Futurama thing cracked me up. Yeah, that was pretty entertaining. So there's a bunch of different people. And one of, I think one of my favorite things, too, also is try to guess who, uh, which characters are in the episode based on the credits as they roll up. Because they slow rolled um, they uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, until the end of this mm-hmm. episode. They didn't announce that because they didn't want to have Dr. Iller waiting for Dr. Strange. But one of the people I saw in that was Ross Marquand, who uh, plays... Uh, one of the main characters in uh, the uh, in The Walking Dead, but he was also uh, Red Skull in uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. He also voiced Red Skull in this. So I saw his name on there. It's like, oh, Red Skull is going to be in this episode. It was not. Turns out he was Ultron mm-hmm. and the sub-Ultron sentries in this one. So he did double time because James Spader didn't do the voice work for Ultron yeah, in this. Yeah, he didn't sound like James Spader. I no, it yeah, him. it was pretty far off from that. So it was really fun to see how they were going along with that. I'm really kind of excited to see what's going to happen with this. And they better, they better give me a satisfying conclusion to this. Do you guys want me to give you the rundown like I usually do of who actually came back to voice? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a very short that. one this time. Okay. So obviously Jeffrey Wright's still doing mm-hmm. the watcher. Jeremy Renner is Clint Barton. So he still was. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, and then Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. And then the only other one was Toby Jones as uh, Zola. Yeah, that was super cool mm-hmm. too. And it was it was hilarious because I was like, 
Michelle was like, my wife was like, uh, what, who is this? What is that? And I explain it and then they explain it right after. Oh. So you didn't have to go back and <laughs> yeah. watch the movies or understand. So I, I nerd explained it to her and then it did it itself. So you don't have to really worry about right. that. And Lake Bell is the one who's been doing Natasha Romanoff for this series. And Lake Bell, she's done, she's been in a lot of different uh, roles as a voice actress and she's pretty awesome, including Harley Quinn and Bojack Horseman. <laughs> really? She played one of his ex-wives, or well, not his ex-wives, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter's ex-wives. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter. I need to watch Bojack because just... <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Bojack is incredibly funny. It is incredibly smart. It is incredibly depressing and bleak sometimes. Oh, crap. So, okay, maybe not. Maybe well, I'll just stick, just maybe I'll just stick to the uh, Pick fun. Pick a different year. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll just pick the uh, uh, end up just going back to the fun Thor episodes of What If and uh, just watch that on repeat. I might have to find, like, come up with a list of my favorite animated shows that you can watch over and over again if you don't want yeah. to think of bleak stuff. Like, Hilda is a really adorable one. Actually, I think you might like it. Okay. I think I, it's like it's a children's show based off a uh, comic. <laughs> but, like, between the music, the artwork, the accents, it, it's just adorable. And I think it's a nice, a nice, uh, another, uh, what, what do you call it? A, uh, Palette cleanser? Yes, I almost called it an aperitif. That is not it. <laughs> Again, I learned that from Archer. Well, uh, definitely excited to see what's going to happen, and we will talk about the season finale of What If on next week's episode. But for now, it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? So, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh oh. So there is a lot of remakes coming out. Oh, gosh, there are so many. Right. And so they obviously have to get younger actors mm-hmm. to betray them. Yeah, it makes sense. Or or you have, my example being, we have like a James McAvoy who played. A younger Perfect. Professor X, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We originally had Patrick Stewart because mm-hmm. we did the whole prequel situation. Um, and now he's, you know, thinking he does want to be in Star Trek and everyone's like, well, you got to play Picard, right? But he's already played Patrick Stewart before. And that's kind of the same thing with like anything Ian McKellen does. Do you always have to cast Michael Fassbender as the young version of him? Yes. Like I, it's one of those like, that sounds awesome, but could you get it out of your head when you're watching this other movie? And that, Would it be too distracting? And that's kind of a part of the problem too is like suddenly you're like saying, hey actor, you can only do these roles now or you are the only actor who can do these roles when there's plenty of people out there who A, could use a job and mm-hmm. B, may be just as well suited for a particular role. Like I don't know if I necessarily need to see uh, Michael Fassbender as Gandalf. Like... That might not be necessary. No. Yeah, because wizards always have that sort of always the same age mentality. Yeah, and there's kind of the gravitas to that where I'm not saying that Michael Fassbender can't do that because he certainly can. He's done some amazing stuff. It's just that might not be the role for him just because he did another role that the other actor did as well previously. Right, but uh, he does want to be in Star Trek, but he doesn't think that he can play Picard. Mm -hmm. And it's not because of that, what we were just talking about. He actually said in an interview, it's like, I mean, I often talk about loving Star Trek and jokingly, but also kind of seriously been like, if you ever want to do a young Jean-Luc Picard, I'm your man. But I'm also probably getting too close to too close to being too old to do a young Jean-Luc Picard now. Mm, so there's that. Yeah, and they already have the Picard series out for old right. ones. So. so he is 42, <laughs> and when Picard started, or Patrick Stewart's uh, first portrayed Jean-Luc Picard, he was supposed to be 59. Hmm. So I mean, I mean that's not too far outside of it, right? Not too crazy. And with makeup, he could play a thirty-five-year-old, and I think that'd be perfect to see like Picard right out of the academy, kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of expect somebody if you're going to be 
handling a ship and all that. You want to be in, want to be, <laughs> yeah. want to be in school for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to have that experience of being all of that. But it was always, it was interesting when they did. I, I think it was one of the first season finales when Q brought uh, Picard back. Yeah, it was like if you never got stabbed in the chest, you would never be what you were. Um, going back to that time in Starfleet Academy, it's kind of like what they did with the original Star Trek. It was getting them all back and J.J. Abrams coming back into it and making it all, you know, the reboot. Uh, it wasn't it was fine and it was good. I don't know if we need to reboot a Star Trek in the next generation. We still got the other one going around. But uh, I just I just remember that Chris Hemsworth was uh, his was, father, oh, right? was the father of. Chris Pines, um, Kirk. 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 I was gonna say Kirk, but I'm like, no, you just said Kirk. No, that was Jean-Luc Picard. Because <laughs> uh, every time, okay, my brain when I want to say Kirk or Jean-Luc Picard, I want to say Kirk, but then I also want to say Mom Luke Picard because that was my friend's screen name for a while. Mom Luke <laughs> Picard. She's the mom of three kids. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, so shout out to you, Mary. Uh, but he also said that why he might not be a really good fit for it. He's like, I've been, I've successfully, successfully been Patrick. And actually I balled it up. And although maybe again, the young Jean-Luc wouldn't be bald. But yeah, no, maybe I'm just overqualified though. That's the other thing. Do you know what that, what I mean? It's too easy. It's too obvious of a choice. And so it may turn people off from it, which, it, yeah. It, I mean, well, first off, yeah, like you will always have the complainers. When it comes mm-hmm. down to, especially when you look at gigantic series that affects so many people, like something like a Star Trek or a Star Wars or anything along those lines, even X Men, mm-hmm. like these are ones that people will always have issues with. And when it comes down to it, it's based on the the quality of the actor, and it, you're, he's not wrong. It might just be the obvious choice. I will say though, his uh, acting prowess kind of fits what Patrick's uh, captain was in the next gen, in the sense he was the more artistic. Uh, pol- uh, what do you call it? Uh, diplomatic, diplomatic, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, command forward, you know, mm-hmm. captain, as opposed to Kirk, who was the action, the flirt, wild card, you know, bitches. kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I get what he's saying. Like, if you feel, if you throw him into the movie, you really have to have a good script because he's not going to be the well, fire the cannons, right? Like, yeah. it's just yeah. not going to work. Yeah, yeah, and that's my mo- worry about it more than anything. Like. We just, I don't necessarily think we need a next generation because it was, it was less pew pew until a little bit more, like every once in a while, um, and just more diplomatic stuff. If you want more pew pew, go watch Battlestar Galactica. Oh, hell yeah. There's a lot of pew pews in that. <laughs> uh, but I did, so last, uh, the last episode I did talk about the uh, uh, peop- like people who shared the actors who delivered iconic performances as good guy and bad guy. I didn't yeah. quite finish the list. I had posted it on Facebook if you guys want to scroll back and see it. Funny enough, Ian McKellen was on the list as number, well, number one, quote unquote, the first one. That- was it Gandalf and Magneto? Oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magneto's not a villain, man. I really don't like when they do that. I get that he is in the uh, the world, but he's really not. Like, yeah, that, oh, not, exactly. It's yeah. like when you it's uh, as you start to it's move like Killmonger. on. Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing I do love the most about when the villains are complicated like that. Sure, you're the villains, but only because the book is X Men. It's not a Magneto book because right. you could easily just turn that. Because I mean, it, it's, I mean, we we did talk about earlier uh, the whole Ultron and the you know latest Disney Plus uh, what if episode because, mm-hmm. eh, uh, but he thinks he's doing the right thing. Like yeah, he's, he's, he's doing, programmed to do the right thing exactly. So it, it just, doesn't mean he is a good guy. You just forget the rule number one of uh, creating AI and robots. Don't kill humans. Mm-hmm. Probably the most Oops. important one there. Yeah, there were three rules for a reason. Yeah, right. Uh, if you didn't have Facebook and you wanted to know the other two, it was Mark Hamill's Joker and Luke Skywalker, and James Earl Jones's Darth Vader and Mufasa. Oh yeah, he was Mufasa. Mufasa. In- 
Ooh, was he again. was he in the original one or not? The, he wasn't in the original one. Did he reprise it in the uh, yes. CGI? Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Mufasa. Mufasa. Oh, James Earl Jones is a treasure. He is. Well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. <laughs>